0: Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So today is October 25th, 2019. And it is Friday. And I didn't tweet about my show, only because I don't want them to kick me off air again. Today, we are going to be talking about some really hardcore stuff. So... Where do we start today? First of all, we've got uh, a lot of pony show going on and eulogizing of Elijah Cummings, one of the seven House representatives. Well, let's say the Klan is seven House reps, two former senior Obama rep, uh, officials, and four outside contractors that have made this sham of uh, impeachment claims come to fruition for them, which is all going to fall flat on their face, there is a lot I want to say, and I'm going to be careful in a sense in how I'm going to say it, but I want to remind everyone that of this statement, how do you whistleblow? Against your boss, who is supposed to be the protector of whistleblowers. You can't, can you? I mean, because they'll quash you. Because you're going to be whistleblowing about them, and they're supposed to be the ones protecting you. There is a lot going on. You know, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, what was going on in regards to Schiff and uh, listening, you know, in on conversations and how he came to this um, whistleblower. But today we're really going to get to the nitty gritty of it. We're going to talk about two specific guys, two guys I've mentioned before. One guy that's actually come public saying, oh, I'm going to testify. It is going to be so good. But before we do that, let's see. We should listen to this.
1: You can do if you are looking for it. You can defend the truth. You can defend democracy. You can lift up others. And toward the end of his life, he said, I am begging the American people to pay attention to what is going on. Because if you want to have a democracy intact for your children and your children's children and generations yet unborn, we have got to guard this moment.
0: Guys, listen again to just that part, and we're going to break this down. This is how they communicate. This is how they're telling the mainstream media and the rest of the world... What needs to be done? Take a listen again.
1: You can do if you are looking for it. You can defend the truth. You can defend democracy. You can lift up others. And toward the end of his life, he said, I am begging the American people to pay attention to what is going on. Because if you want to have a democracy intact for your children, and your children's children, and generations yet unborn, we have got to guard this moment. This is our watch. Our Elijah knew, because he was a man of faith and a man of the church, that life was fleeting, and precious.
0: What church is she referring to? What democracy and truth is she referring to?
1: And that's why he worked so hard to make every moment of his life count. When we're dancing with the angels, the question will be asked, he said. In 2019, what did we do to make sure... We kept our democracy intact.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Did you hear that? What did we do in 2019 to maintain our democracy intact? This is a battle cry. This is the silverback pounding his chest. This is scary. 2019, what did they do? Man, when you find out just how deep this goes... It'll blow your mind. Remember, we're the crazy ones. We're the ones that talked about Epstein and child trafficking and human trafficking and Nixium and nefarious satanic cults. We had the mainstream media trying to convince us that a temple on Epstein's island was a music room. These people are sick. They have their backs up against the wall and they do not realize that we're smarter than them. And today it'll be a nice demonstration of just how smart indeed we are.
1: I will end with the paraphrase of a poem that Elijah recited in his very first speech in the Congress. He said that he told himself this poem as many as 20 times a day. I only have a minute, 60 seconds in it. Forced upon me, I did not choose it, but I know that I must use it. Give account if I abuse it, suffer if I lose it. Only a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. Thank you. Elijah Cummings, for your work, your service.
0: Huh. Thank you for your sacrifice. You bowed out real quick because you knew it was coming. Listen. What she just said was a battle cry. This is them putting everything on the table. They have lost. They have no idea they've lost yet. They believe they're in control. You can see it in their faces. You could see it in what they're saying. You could, oh man. It is incredible what, um, you know, they are trying to do. Yesterday, Lindsey Graham comes out to talk. We're going to analyze this right quick because it's really, really important that people understand what he said. We need to analyze his words so that you can understand today's show, what I'm going to demonstrate to you. You need to listen in between the words always. Pay attention to those that are being propped up by mainstream media, both right and left. Both right and left. Some, uh, my source in the Ukraine told me that many of these statements are being made for notoriety and to just boast people. But in fact, guys, you need to know that it's the little voices, your voices, that are important. And you'll understand what I mean later on in this show. So I'm going to now play yesterday's announcement by Senator Graham about the impeachment process being dangerous. And I'm going to pause it when I'm going to translate for you, okay?
2: Okay, uh, where's our chart people at? chart's over here. Right here, sir. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, I have introduced a resolution today with Senator McConnell, and the purpose of the resolution is to let the House know that the process you're engaging in regarding the attempted impeachment of uh, President Trump is out of bounds. It's inconsistent with due process as we know it. It's a Star Chamber type inquiry, and it's a substantial deviation from what the House has done in the past regarding impeachment of other presidents. And one I can speak of very firmly is the impeachment of President Clinton. So what I want to highlight here, well, not this one. In 2019, Congressman Al Green wanted to open up an impeachment inquiry, which is the right way to do it, by the way. Uh, 137 Democrats voted with the GOP against impeaching President Trump. Not one Republican for an inquiry. And what's happened is that the attempt to open up an inquiry of impeachment against President Trump failed miserably. So they've created a new process that I think is very dangerous for the country. Instead of the judiciary looking at a potential impeachable offense... They've created a process in the Intel uh, Committee that's behind closed doors, doesn't provide uh, access uh, to the president's accuser, shuts Republicans out for uh, all practical purposes, and is a unworthy substitute for the way you need to do it, is at its core un-American. And I can tell you what we did in the past. Let's go to 98. In 1998... In October, we had an impeachment inquiry vote on the floor of the House. I was there. Thirty-one Democrats voted to open up an impeachment inquiry. And after after that inquiry...
0: First of all, I just wanted to say he made these slides that cost us taxpayer monies to print at um, Kinko's or wherever he went to print them out. Um When he could have just said it, but he wanted a visual so people can see it, that there was an open vote for an impeachment inquiry and that there were no secret proceedings before that. I've said it once. I'll say it. Well, I've said it. I've said it millions of times. There is no impeachment inquiry. This is not an official impeachment inquiry because no vote has been done and actually failed when they tried to canvass it for an impeachment inquiry.
2: These were the rights given to uh, President Clinton, his team, and members of the minority.
0: And the rights on there is House debate and vote on inquiry. Define the scope of the inquiry. Members can see evidence. President's counsel can attend. Specific rules for investigation allowed to challenge the evidence. Minority given subpoena power. None of those are being honored right now. None.
2: None of this exists today. What's going on is a run around the impeachment process, creating a secret proceeding behind closed doors that fundamentally, is, in my view, denies due process. And when you're talking about removing the president of the United States, seems to me you'd want to have a process that is consistent with who we are as Americans and consistent with what Bill Clinton was allowed to do, Richard Nixon was allowed to do. And the process in the House today, I think, is danger to the future of the presidency. Because if you can drive down a president's poll numbers by having proceedings where you selectively leak information, where the president, uh, who's the subject of all of this, is pretty much shut out, God help future presidents. I've got 41 co-sponsors on the Republican side and climbing. And here's the request. If you believe you have a case against the president, vote to open up an inquiry, allow Republicans to have a say, uh, make sure the president is allowed to participate in a meaningful manner like we did in the past. That's the way to do it. What you're doing today, in my view, is unfair to the president and is dangerous to the presidency. And I think 41 Republican senators and growing is a strong signal to our House colleagues that you're off-script here. There's a way to do it, a right way and a wrong way, and you've chosen the wrong way. Yes, ma'am.
1: Chairman Graham, your committee interviewed half a dozen people behind closed doors in your Russia investigation. Donald Trump Jr., Glenn Simpson, Robert Goldstone, and then you released the transcripts at the end. Uh, I
2: didn't didn't interview any of these witnesses. Uh, That was uh, pretty much intel This is
3: the
2: Judiciary Yeah, this is what I'm saying. This is not an informal... We're looking at the Russian investigation. Mueller testified. So this was all about Mueller. So here's what happened. Ken Starr spent almost five years looking at Clinton. He came before the committee. We had an impeachment inquiry vote. Ken Starr put forth to the Senate Judiciary Committee the 11 allegations against President uh, Clinton... We passed four articles of impeachment based on the Star Report that was transparent, transparent subject to cross-examination and public. It was a public hearing and two of those articles passed the House. What Mueller did was investigate the President for two years, spent $25 million and did not recommend any action. That's the difference.
3: When it comes to impeachment messaging, it seems like the White House has changed course multiple times at this point.
2: Have you noticed at
3: this point, <laughs> are you confident that you guys are on the same page and is it the hill now leading this messaging strategy?
2: So I, I talked to uh, the uh, chief staff Mulvaney. I think they're working on uh, getting a messaging uh, team together. You know, I was involved in impeachment of President Clinton. I know this sounds weird, but Clinton, (laughs) look what he did. What he did is he had a team that was organized, had legal minds that could understand what was being said versus the legal proceedings in question, and they were on message every day. The President Clinton defended himself, but he never stopped being president. And I think one of the reasons that he survived is that the public... May not have liked what the president had done, but believed that he was still able to do his job. And as he governed during impeachment, I think that was probably the single best thing he did, quite frankly, to to avoid.
0: And that's because the Clintons own the media. I mean, let's be honest. The media is attacking the president. Our president has to constantly reinforce the great things he's done for this nation because the media refuses to acknowledge it. That is the difference here between rapist Bill Clinton and China thief Hillary Clinton to what is going on today. Today, we have the deep state, the cabal, the the, the D.C. swamp in full panic mode because their pants have been pulled down. And the thing is, there are very few, and I, and I stress this very few people within the administration that are working for us and the person taking the brunt of it is the president of the United States and all the soldiers, the digital soldiers out there as general Flynn stated are people that do not have the notoriety that you would think everyone keeps thinking, whoa, this, you know, commentator, this reporter, this host is the lead. No, they are not. They are simply tools being used again and again and again for both sides, okay? For both sides. It's very important we understand that. Now, having said that, having said that, even though there are very few of us there in the administration, in senior positions that are holding the front, right? They're holding everything. They're standing fast. We've got A.G. Barr under attack right now as a political pawn when they applauded him being appointed because I issued that article about Barr. We know who the real Barr is, who the Barr is for all these years. But again, think. Back in November, we had this conversation about General Flynn, and I don't like to reiterate, I mean, I told you when his uh, that his sentencing was going to be pushed back. It's never going to happen. He's never going to be sentenced. This whole thing is going to go away because I told you that they retroactively created these 302s. Now, seven months later from March, when I dropped that bomb, what happens? That's exactly what comes to fruition. Trump Flynn 2020 seems more evident every single day uh, in hopes that this timeline sticks. And that the events roll out as they should. Uh, I can tell you that up until yesterday, there was a, a 60-40 certainty on how things would go. Lindsey Graham was the reason it was a 60-40. Only because of the statements he made during this speech, which are of very huge importance. But, mm. Sources from the Ukraine tell me otherwise. And the, um, issue that came up with Kellyanne Conway, how ironic, right? I was making, no, I was nodding toward the direction of George Conway, which I do not believe, I do not want to believe is a compliant actor. Yes. Uh, that is uncertain. To, um, you know, if, for example, you know, I was, you know, from, you know the future looking back that part of it is murky i do not believe it so um i believe it is something different completely and it, he is not a compliant actor in what is happening which will be unfolded you know throughout um this show today i i want you guys to understand just how big of a war this is, but to also see how we have found allies in places we didn't think we had. So this is going to be very interesting. Now we're going to analyze this whole thing that Lindsey Graham said, because he dropped a lot of corrupt, you know, dog whistling in there and requests is questions to his people to move on. And you're going to see that come up.
2: But, that uh, sir, I'm hoping that will become the model here.
3: Senator, you, you referred to uh, uh, Robert Mueller's investigation mm-hmm. and Starr's investigation. Yeah. Uh, there is no prosecutor looking into the allegations that the combined House committees are looking into. Now, you were a prosecutor, sir. Uh, would you ever have conducted an investigation uh, when in in which your witnesses were allowed to speak in public and give other witnesses the opportunity...
2: That's actually a a, a very good point. I mean, during the whole Mueller investigation, I backed off of calling a lot of the key witnesses because I didn't want to get in his lane. Now, I'm being asked by uh, Republican uh, folks out in the Republican world, why don't you call Adam Schiff? Well... I think that would do a lot of damage to the country for a senator to call a member of the House. You have a speech and debate problem. But if you think Adam Schiff is a fact witness, why isn't Donald Trump a fact witness? The point is that's that's not a process that I think will withstand uh, scrutiny. Durham is looking at potential misconduct about uh, things that happened in 2016, particularly involving the Ukraine. This isn't
3: about 2016, Senator. This is about what the president has been doing with Ukraine along with his personal lawyer. And the Justice Department has declined to investigate. So so, so what I mean, there's no prosecutor looking into it. And so the House has to do the job of a prosecutor. Well, here's what
2: I would say. Are you suggesting there needs to be a special counsel for Ukraine? Would, would I think that's well, here's what I've, I've been trying.
0: To Did you hear that? I'm going to replay that. Replay that. Listen. This is the dog whistling.
2: Particularly involving the Ukraine.
3: This is about 2016, Senator. This is about what the president has been doing with Ukraine along with his personal lawyer. And the Justice Department has declined to investigate. So. That.
0: Okay. So uh, since they failed with the Russia hoax. Right. Now they're going on the Ukraine hoax. They're trying to push it to make it look like something. Uh, because there's an investigation with his personal attorney. Listen to what he says right now. So,
3: what I mean, there's no prosecutor looking into it, and so the house has to do the job of the prosecutor.
2: Well, here's what I would say. Are you suggesting there needs to be a special counsel for Ukraine? Would, would-
0: Oh, another Mueller investigation, right? That's a great idea. Are you suggesting we should put a special counsel to look into the Ukraine so we can bury that information because what if people find out that me, Amy Klobuchar and, you know, McCain were selling weapons, you know, to a variety of people. How Amy from Minnesota has these shell companies where she has 10 billion dollars of, you know, payments to some contractor for weapons. And that company is a pretty much a shell company. This is what he just whistled. Nobody caught that. Nobody commented on that. The fact that he was like, that sounds like a great idea. Let's get another special counsel so we can eradicate evidence because with Mueller, they weren't successful enough. Enough. They got rid of a lot of stuff, but not Good enough because we found it elsewhere. See, Crossfire Hurricane, the way Crossfire Electric, which are the servers work, is kind of like Napster works and Tor, you know, um the Tor networks where you bit share. So bits and bits and bits of their information that is on the cloud and was being shared can be pieced together from servers everywhere else. See, they may be smart but other people may indeed be smarter and they're just not wearing the crown and the sash and throwing it in their face until now. So this is how we're winning. Right after the break, we'll continue this and uh, you'll see just how worried Graham, the left, and the other rhinos are. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So just to recap, Lindsey Graham is saying great stuff, and then he throws in these, hey, maybe you want to do a secondary special counsel on the Ukraine so we could bury some stuff. That's where we left off in the last half hour, right? Take a listen to the rest of this, because there's it is riddled with, like, this spear of, yes, and then this spear of, swamp
2: i think that's well here's what i've I've been trying to get a special counsel to look at all things 2016 from our side Mueller gave the trump campaign a pretty good
0: uh, he wanted oh i've been trying to get a special counsel to look at it from our side what do you mean from your side there's only one side the facts okay this is rubbish he here is how he's politicizing here's how he is politicizing our department of justice in the process. Are you listening? Because he should have never said that. You never assign a special counsel to see it from your side. We don't need a special counsel. We got William Barr. We got us attorneys. Thank you, Matt Whitaker for doing all that. We have Durham. We have Huber. We've got tons, ah, but we have a few wild cards that are in high positions that could pay attention to things. But you know, when the top, When the guy with the keys to the kingdom of everything spying realizes that people are looking at them, too. You see how quick the leaks stop? That's the thing. Take a listen how he digs a hole even deeper right now after suggesting a secondary second special counsel for the Ukraine. And now he says, well, we wanted one for our side.
2: It is to me. Here's the process. Why did I support Mueller? To me, there was a conflict at the Justice Department. Why did I introduce legislation that you can only fire Mueller for cause? Because I thought it was important for the country, for somebody outside politics, to look at this. I think somebody outside politics should look at the things that I'm concerned about in 2016. You may not be, but I think the FISA warrant application uh, could be considered a fraud on the court. We'll see from Horowitz.
0: Oh, you mean what I've been saying, like how Judge Collier signed it after she already knew that they had spied illegally to gather information in order to apply to spy, you know, over collection, you know, section 702. Like, why am I the only one saying it? If all these other pundits and all these other reporters are so great, why aren't they pointing out the facts? facts are the only time you have over collection or spying without a warrant is one when there's a malfunction in the algorithm on issued FISA warrants or monitoring warrants, right? That's number one. Or two, when you purposely input code into the algorithm to hold information illegally. So we know that Judge Collier was the one that spanked, listen to these names, Lynch, Comey, Clapper, Brennan, Carlin, everybody and their mother. Okay. For over collection for over a period of time of three years, you know, Mike Rogers came out, said all these things. I found out some new information and I'm a little bit upset, but it could be, um, you know, non compliant implication. I'm just going to say that. So, you know, These things happen, we see over collection happen unofficially, right? We over collect information when we want to find information that could lead us to information in order to apply for a FISA warrant. Okay? So we spy, but we can't use it, but maybe it can give us direction on where we can look at without spying to get enough information to create a warrant. Okay? That's basically how The unofficial rules are, even though they're wrong and you're not supposed to be spying, but you're still spying, it happens. Here we have over three years of over-collection of communications, all upstream communications, right? Judge Collier spanked them, gave them an extension saying, okay, I'll give you three months to fix it. And then the month after that, knowing that these section 702 certifications falsified, uh, you know, information of course, because it wasn't an error. It was purposeful. The, the reason that they were over collecting, right, was why they got the FISA warrant. So she knew that she was on both. This is why I said, why is she on the bench? How is she on the bench? How dare she still be on the bench? We can't have judges that are biased, that can't be impartial, that allow things like this to happen, how dare she strip her of everything, confiscate her assets. Every single penny that she's made, every single brick in that house needs to go, period. That woman should not be on the bench. I even said it. And in an article from 2018, I said, how dare she with her memorandum of opinion, you know, try to cover her butt for the over-collection was stemming into 2017. She allowed them to continue spying up until then. It's horrible. It is horrific. So, on that note, let's listen to more.
2: I'm not a prosecutor. So when it comes to whether or not somebody other than the House should look at Ukraine, uh, I want to look at all things.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Senator, so, so uh, you said it's a secret and illegitimate process. That's my that? view. And so what do you say to the argument that 47 of your Republican House colleagues who serve on these committees, committees, they have the right to be in there? It's not secret. It's not party, I, I, I would. It's bipartisan.
2: I would say that if we pulled this stunt, you'd be eating us alive. Yeah, can I follow uh, up? Well, let, let me finish, and let me tell you why. How many people have asked me about Bill Taylor's opening statement? All I can say is if we had Rudy Giuliani's opening statement and he said, I did nothing wrong, I doubt if you would accept that. So 47 Republican House members feel like it's not working for them. They feel like that uh, Volcker's testimony has been selectively released. Uh, Radcliffe's cross-examination of Taylor is not available to you. So the people that you just named are as upset as I am. And here's what I would say.
0: Do you know why the cross-examination is not available to you? Because Bill Taylor met with Adam Schiff. So these are all details, details, details that you shouldn't have. See, here's where Lindsey Graham wears his fake white hat. Right? His fake one. Oh, look. But it's not fair. See, you don't ask questions. You haven't asked me what I thought of this opening statement. You didn't ask me and you won't take Ratcliffe's testimony because they haven't allowed that to leak because it's not important to them. You know, it's like a sentence. um, I would really love some ice cream. I would kill for it. And then the only thing that you put out is I would kill for it. Not the fact that it's about ice cream. It's just that I, my, my, my morals say that I can kill for something. That's what you hear. Selective, selective, selective. So this is a good point he made. This is how he flip flops. OK, this is how he deceives, because when I see people on my timeline retweeting Lindsey Graham, like he said something amazing and they're like, go, Lindsey. I'm like, man, you have no idea. You should not be, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> Just <laughs> my eyes roll a little bit. Here we go. Listen,
2: there's a way to do it. Give President Trump these rights that every other president, Nixon, Clinton have had and take a vote to allow the House to be on record authorizing this. This is a rogue action by a single committee of the House that has never done impeachment inquiries before, and I think it's dangerous to the president.
0: So he throws in a bit of information in there. So this committee has never done an impeachment inquiry because it usually gets done by the judiciary one. And they're not doing anything by the book. They don't have rules. This is novel. This is why they did it. See, because it's never happened before. This is how you can make up your own rules. Well, it's unprecedented. There is nothing that says how we should do it. So we're just going to make it up as we go. He's telling you how they can justify why they're not abiding for it. He's telling them. What would be substantiated? Y- you understand he's giving them the information because we're watching Lindsay and <laughs> we're watching all of them.
2: Those 47 don't agree with you. In, in, the, the, case of, in the case of Richard Nixon, in the, case of Richard yeah.
3: Nixon uh, the House began its impeachment inquiry behind closed doors in October of 1973. Did they have a vote of inquiry? That not, they did not have an impeachment resolution until months later in 1974. So this, so it's it's similar to this.
2: Here's wh- Here's what I'm saying. Nixon eventually resigned. Peter Rodino designed the process. I remember the Watergate hearings very well. Jim Rogan, who was an impeachment manager with me during the Clinton impeachment, went up to meet with Rodino to try to find out how they did it. And Newt knows this better than I do. I think the American people...
0: Ah, Newt knows it better than I do. Here's the thing. Give him the option to, to quit rather than remove him. And maybe we should get Newt, Newt, Bohemian Grove Newt. Maybe we should get him in because he knows this process very well.
2: People were not with us on substance when it came to Clinton. But I do believe what we did uh, very much mirrored the Watergate uh, way of doing business. I remember the Watergate hearings. I don't remember any hearings in public about whether or not Donald Trump did something wrong in the Ukraine. And here's what. This is why Republicans are so frustrated. If we had done this to a Democrat, you'd be eating us alive. If we took an opening statement of a witness and said, there, doesn't that look bad? You'd want to know, well, did anybody question the witness? How did cross-examination go? So we believe that a lot of people want to get Trump, and they don't give a damn about how they get him. I'm not telling you what he did or didn't do. I'm telling you what they're doing in the House is dangerous to the country.
3: (laughs) What
1: can you
2: tell us about your lunch today with the president? What happened? Uh, It
0: was good. Okay. So this is really important, okay, about his lunch with the president. Listen.
2: Good. We had beef. Uh, So here's some news. We had a situation room briefing by General Milley about uh, developments in Syria.
0: We had beef. Let that percolate for a second.
2: Uh, There were uh, eight or ten senators. Uh, There's a plan coming together uh, from the... uh, Uh, the Joint Chiefs, that I think may work, that may give us what we need to prevent ISIS from coming back, Iran taking the oil, ISIS from taking the oil. Uh, I am somewhat encouraged that a plan is coming about that will meet our core objectives in Syria. As to the lunch, uh, he felt like from the time he's become president, he's been hounded about things he didn't do, He feels like that it never ends and that when it comes to Donald Trump, nobody really cares if he has a fair day in court but a handful of Republicans. I don't know what to tell him other than I told him every time he said Mueller was a witch hunt, which was like every day, uh, I said, I'm not going there because I actually know Mueller. And when I introduced the resolution making sure Mueller could not be fired unless there was cause... He didn't like that, but I said, Mr. President, I know you're frustrated. There's nothing worse of being accused of something you didn't do. It just eats away at your soul. And we made it through Mueller. We didn't do any real damage to the idea of uh, nobody's above the law. I think Mueller had a really good opportunity to look at all things Russia. And-
0: okay, so listen to what he told you, which is a bunch of nothing. He tells you that he had beef, which... Having a cow is what he's telling everyone, even though it may have been beef. You know, you always signal to the ones that you want to know because he's telling you that he's expressing his frustrations during this talk, even though they talked about Syria and how to make sure that the Turks, not ISIS, get a hold of the oil, and so Iran doesn't take that little corner of northeast Syria, etc. This is what he's telling you. This is what you need to listen to. Now, if you actually watched him, You'll see that he's not even making eye contact. He's flipping between Syria, how he feels, and how he's reinforcing that, oh, you know, just because I did that resolution doesn't mean that I had, you know, any bad intentions toward the president. Because you need to reelect me, because if you reelect me, I'll get him right in. But guys, don't crucify me, because I heard CNN and all of you coming after me. I'm still on your team. This is what he's telling you.
2: And Trump, now here we are again with the Ukraine. I've told you what I think about the phone call. To me, it's not an impeachable offense. I've got no problem with the phone call. But you've got other people coming forward. You've got the president of the Ukraine saying, no, there was no quid pro quo. All I am saying is that you tried an impeachment inquiry vote and you failed, and now you're creating a process in the Intel Committee that I think is star chamber-like and it needs to end.
3: Senator, Senator. Senator, if this goes – Senator, if the Senate ends up having to sit in a trial – How does a vote on something like this not totally taint the jury pool?
2: Well, if you think impeachment is a non-political event, you're wrong. (laughs)
3: Uh,
2: There are court hearings in South Carolina. Let me tell you about the first one I ever had. I represented a guy uh, for speeding. We went to the magistrate. We had a trial. And the magistrate was the uh, highway patrol officer's uncle. That didn't go well. So what I am trying to say is at the end of the day, the Senate should be letting the House know that if you're going to continue this kind of process and it results in articles of impeachment, we do not consider this, in my view, I consider it to be out of bounds with what we've done in the past, void of basic due process. We're not telling the House you can't impeach the President. What we're telling the House, 41 of us, That there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. And let me tell you about being a juror. I sat there for five weeks in the Senate. And a juror made a motion to dismiss. In a court of law, juries can't get up and say, I want to dismiss the case. So this is one part legal and two part politics. And what I'm trying to tell Republicans out there, that it is okay for the Republican Party to insist that Donald Trump be treated fairly. And a lot of senators are going to tell you, since I may be a juror, I don't want to comment on substance. But I'm hoping we can get most Republicans to comment on the idea that the impeachment proceedings as currently constituted in the House are unfair and dangerous.
0: Okay, now let me translate this for you because this is huge. So this is him talking to the Democrats. He's saying that's fine. You want to impeach him? That's great. But what you're doing right now is completely out of process and because he's in control right now, he's got the right people, the right eyes on everything and a bunch of people you don't know about. You better make sure that you are keeping your ducks in line. You better come out and mention why this is in secret. You have to validate your position because this is going to be a problem going forward and this is why he's passing this resolution. He's trying to tell them, dude, if we don't do this, the whole party's gone. All of us are gone. Uh, stop doing it. I know you're panicking, but you know, we can regain control because we have eyes on everything. But Lindsay, we also have eyes on everything too. And this is where I'm getting to right after this because this was the panic mode. Because even you remember, I put out that article, I gave a nod to George Conway, a, a nod, not saying that he's a compliant actor. I do not want to believe this, right? But I gave a nod. And then Kellyanne Conway, apparently, because, you know, all these big places love to listen to red state talk radio and then go write articles about it. Right. They started to kind of mm, get in there with a, Hey, your husband and pissing her off because for her, it's personal. You're talking about her family. You don't just do that. And you don't just make things up. You don't have derivative. You can ask for on the record if you're going to go with on the record for me. It's more highly probable target of the wiretap. And it could be the fact that George doesn't even know. And I'm going to tell you why he doesn't even know. Because the guy that holds the keys to the kingdom is uh, their, you know, um, uh, fail safe, their insurance. Uh, And the thing is, I wonder if Horowitz knows because they share every single bit of information. And I think maybe indeed Horowitz knows because there aren't a lot of leaks. That's the the interesting part. There aren't a lot of leaks. And you're going to say, well, they can't have leaks. Yeah, there aren't a lot of leaks. It's very important. And I stress that. Listen to what else he says. So this is important. He's telling them, fix this. Because if you go down this path, he's just going to pull it, pull that trigger and we're all done. All of us. And there is no hope. There is no going back. It's just going to go boom. So he's warning them, we need to be more careful. We need to look like we're above ground. Yes, sir.
3: Uh, didn't House Republicans use closed-door depositions prior to public hearings during the uh, Clinton impeachment?
2: Yeah, right. Why was it okay
3: then, but you don't like it?
2: We In October of 1998, we authorized impeachment as a body with 31 members uh, saying do an inquiry. Some were behind closed doors, but the inquiry itself became very public. We had the star hearing to start it off with, but the president participated in a very meaningful way. So what's missing here is the House authorizing this inquiry. What's missing here is the 47 Republicans you talked about that are participating feel like it's not a fair process. They can't participate in a way that's meaningful.
0: So what he's saying is, is that there was no vote. And then the people that they claim are part of the process can't even participate. They're not allowed to ask questions. They can't see things unless someone's watching them to see things, what they have access to. That's not how it goes. See, and like I said, because the Intel Committee has never done this, right, and has always gone through judiciary, they make up their own rules. And this is a big problem.
3: Um, If the Senate had tried to interfere with the House impeachment process back in the 90s under Clinton, how would
4: you have reacted?
2: I think if we were doing this, you'd be beating the shit out of us. I think if a Republican were doing to a Democrat what we're doing, you would be all over me. And I think it says a lot about people in your business with all due respect. I am confident that if we had an Intel Committee inquiry revolving involving a Democratic president where we selectively leak stuff, you'd be calling us every kind of bad name and we would deserve it. So what I am saying is there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it, and this is a dangerous way to do it. Senator, One more question.
3: Yeah. I just follow up? So, okay. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. Oh. Well, we'll let you both. Okay.
3: okay. okay. Um, just quickly right now, you're focusing a lot on the process. The Democrats have made clear that they want to release the transcripts and hold public hearings. Did the White House change
2: this messaging? What so here's what I'm saying.
0: So she says, oh, you're focusing a lot on the process. The Democrats say they want to release the transcripts and have open hearings. Uh, How are you going to do that if you haven't taken a vote on an impeachment inquiry yet?
2: What they're doing is selectively leaking information to drive the president's poll numbers down and to drive the momentum for impeachment up. Everything coming out of this Star Chamber process is being leaked by Democrats. They said, you heard Bill Taylor. I was breathless. Well, I the point is, you don't know what Bill Taylor was asked. We don't know if he was cross-examined and what, what unfolded. So what you have here is a hearing, a process that is, to me, not sufficient for due process, is being used in a politically dangerous fashion. If you open up one of these things in the future against a Democrat, and we selectively leak things and we shut out the Democratic president from having a chance to participate, please use my words
1: against us.
3: So I just, thank you, Senator. I just wanted to follow up a little bit more on the lunch and in general
1: the okay. direction that you've
0: got. So he said that it's a dangerous political process. Now this guy's going back to the lunch because he knows about the cows, so let's go. And
3: from the White House and from the president himself, what did he, what did, can you tell us a little bit more about what yeah, he'd like you to do Is he supportive of this effort? Did he talk about being more aggressive on his behalf? This is right. And and have you heard from him over the last 10 days or so that the witnesses have been coming out about his frustration? Right, yes. So
0: we don't care about what's going on in Syria. We don't care about foreign politics. We want to know what kind of cow he had and how he told you, you need to speed it up and you need to start supporting me.
2: So, uh, he was in a good mood. He appreciated the lunch. He would like the process. To be exposed for being basically unfair. He keeps telling us he did nothing wrong. He keeps telling me that the phone call was perfect. I'm saying, Mr. President, the phone call was okay with me. He feels like it never stops.
0: Did you hear that? That's the key. He feels like it never stops. The phone call was okay with me. That doesn't mean it's okay with everyone else, but here's the thing How did this phone call come? To the hands of this so called whistleblower, which is Schiff. And this all ties into what Judicial Watch put out. Judicial Watch put out that it is possible that what? That Maria Ivanovich was wiretapping or, you know, uh, authorized to monitor communications, okay, communications of U.S. journalists in regards to the Ukraine. Now, See, the thing is, is a lot of names were thrown into, uh, you know, that tweet and that mention, which were hilarious to see because my sources from the Nabu, which is the anti-corruption unit of Ukraine, laughed with me because... Most of those names were not even being monitored because they really don't have any sources in the Ukraine. All they have is taking information from other people and reiterating it. I'm just saying. So when you hear this next hour is going to be so incredible because there is a one person link, one person link. And then I'm going to talk about Clark Kent. No. It's not Clark Kent, but he might as well be George Kent. So that is one of Schiff's prime witnesses that came out to speak out. We're going to talk about that because, boy, when I got pictures with you and Poroshenko chilling. Yeah. So this is where it becomes, you know, where stuff totally hits the fan. One person, one really, really strong and powerful person. That can destroy someone with a flip of a switch, with a stroke of a key. Everything that you need to know validates every single assessment I made on what Lindsey Graham is saying. They have to be careful because now we know. I'll see you all after this break.
4: Real
0: News. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. So during the break, I tweeted out a picture, a picture of a guy named George Kent. Oh, dear. He is like the man for shift. He's the one that's like, yo, I've got all the dirt. I'm going to tell you everything you watch. I'm the best. And he is the deputy assistant secretary to the European and Eurasian affairs desk. Uh He's the one with that bow tie in the picture. I'll tell you what, he loves Crimea. He is all about Crimea. He invested a lot in Crimea, has a Ukrainian wife as well, um, and, um, you know, you have to wonder why does Pompeo still have this clown in office? You have to wonder. But again, I will say that, um, I believe that it's only because, uh, I have to be careful on what words the president of the United States keeps his enemies closer to his heart than a pacemaker is. He keeps them as close as possible. Now, Kent is a really, really big player. A big player. And we also have to think about William Taylor who promoted the United States Institute of Peace. I kid you not. The United States Institute of Peace, where it was created to remember events, historic events of Crimea and how this was a problem and how it's all Russia's fault how Crimea's prosecutor office uh, was involved, how Russia is denying the occupation but, causes, but called it a restoration of historical justice. I mean, it, 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 at the end of the day, the Crimeans voted to stay with Mother Russia, okay? Let's be straight with that. Okay, that's how it happened. We could call it annexation, kind of like how they call it Russia collusion, right? <laughs> but, you know, we can say annexed, but the bottom line is they all voted for Putin, period. Okay, period. And so they chose Putin over the EU and everyone was pissed. Okay. so George Kent, George Kent that I tweeted a picture of with Luchenko, you know, that um, corrupt prosecutor, right? Oh, my gosh. He was the people's deputy, actually, Luchenko. And so um, just so you know, this is George Kent posing while he's working at the State Department, of course and how you know important he is that he's together with him now i want you to know that um kent helps supervise Something called the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of the Ukraine It is the Ukrainian body of anti-corruption committee uh, that was created under um, uh, the government of the Ukraine through Petro Poroshenko, uh you know, the former president of the Ukraine. Um, and this was done under the direction of the Obama administration. OK, I just want to make that clear. OK, now. Robert Kent is one of the people we're going to talk about. But what we need to talk about again is Robert Stork. Now, my article is actually being edited as we speak. But key importance here is to know who this guy is. Okay, let's remember he is now the IG of the NSA. So let's pretend you're an NSA, NRO, CSS employee and you want to blow the whistle on your own IG. How do you do that? How do you blow the whistle on the guy who's supposedly the biggest supporter of whistleblowers, even though while he created this program of whistleblowers, Clapper and Brennan went after whistleblowers? (laughs) Sounds super awesome. Now, this guy was nominated to be the IG of the NSA, first time to ever ever presidentially appoint an IG, because usually the IG of the NSA was appointed by the NSA director. Okay. Just so you know, it was always that way that the NSA director would appoint an IG for the NSA. So what we have here is Barack Hussein Obama on the 30th of November. This is after President Trump was elected of 2016 nominates for this position Robert Stork. In the meantime, the Senate failed to confirm him, and so that position was left empty, completely empty. In the meantime, though, he was the deputy IG to the Department of Justice working under Horowitz. So he was second in command, to Horowitz. So one might say that's kind of awesome because Horowitz is like super impartial. Is he though? Come on. He has to be because everyone's going through all his stuff and he doesn't want to go down in history as the corrupt auditor of the Department of Justice. But isn't it funny how the second in command was picked by Barack Hussein Obama to take the position of the most important inspector general position, which is that of the NSA, because the NSA covers everything communications, covers everything covert operations, covers every single asset. The United States of America may have Connors and O'Connors. So you have to think about it. The most important sink into everything goes through him. Contractors on books, off books go through him. That's as long as he knows about them, right? So here's the thing this same guy who was deputy IG to Horowitz is now the IG of the NSA that was renominated by President Trump in June of 2017 but between uh, uh you know his nomination and being deputy OIG of the uh, of the DOJ he was offered a job by Poroshenko He was literally offered a job. A foreign nation was going to nominate him. So Petro Poroshenko was going to nominate Robert Stork to the commission, the group of seven of the government of the Ukraine to appoint him as an independent external person to be part of the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of the Ukraine. Can you get any more information? Corrupt than that. In addition, there is verified, verified, verified communications and meetings between Robert Stork and Marie Ivanovich. Now, my own source, which may be still or has been working for the NABU, uh, which is the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of the Ukraine, Told me months and months and months ago that the Ukraine was monitoring people to see who has communications with people in the Ukraine. So for example, any communications from the United States or originating from the United States upstream going through to the Ukraine are being captured by the NSA. So, so you understand I'm going to play you this clip and we're going to analyze it so it has more context for you. Judicial Watch just released a bombshell expose revealing that fired U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, may have ordered her subordinates
1: to use State Department resources to monitor U.S. citizens with ties to President Donald Trump. This would be a direct violation of U.S. laws and government regulations. According to Judicial Watch's Corruption Chronicles, Yovanovitch, an Obama administration
0: holdover, reportedly targeted top journalists and close Trump associates. These included John Solomon, Sarah Carter, Sean Hannity, Rudy Giuliani,
1: and Donald Trump Jr. Several days after Yovanovitch issued her order, her staff was informed that her request was illegal. Judicial Watch has now filed a FOIA request with the State
0: Department and will continue gathering key facts from government sources. This is Amelia Kane in Washington. Okay, so according to this, she had requested it to be done through the State Department. Hmm. But here's where the avenue came in, just so you guys know, because she didn't monitor just the reporters that you think are blue check marks. Like I saw names like Jack Posobiec fly around and other ones, and I'm like, okay, they may have contacts to the Ukraine, whatever. But my sources in the Ukraine told me that they were already monitoring all upstream communications within the United States um, and anyone that was in the Ukraine that may or may not be associated with the NABU that has communications with people in the United States were being monitored too. This was told to me months ago. Remember, I had done an episode on something called the secret circle. Google it, check it out. See, because there are some upstreams that the NSA can't get. And like I said, many, 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 many times, the technology they have, everybody has, it's pretty much open source if you're monitoring us, we monitor you too. That's the way it goes. So think about this. If I knew that they were monitoring, let's say, for example, say I was John Solomon and I knew that they knew that I was a nobody or I was John Solomon or whatever, and they were monitoring me. Do you think that I would continue to just email people and ask for things thinking that I'm protected? No. Obviously not. I would not use communications that I know that the IG of the NSA, who, by the way, oh, let's not forget, was also the DOJ legal counsel representative in the Ukraine, was offered a job by the president of the Ukraine, worked and associated with Marie Yovanovitch in the Ukraine and was deputy OIG to Horowitz, appointed by Obama and then Re-upped for nomination and finally appointed, well, Obama nominated, not appointed, nominated him for appointment, but it was President Trump that allowed him to be nominated. So one might think President Trump was really upset, you know, about this whole Amazon lady being appointed and how he's really, really disappointed, you know, even though they mean well, you know, that something, you know, they should not be having never Trumpers, you know, on it. I mean, you know... It's really important that we revisit that tweet after this one, which is where is the whistleblower and why did he or she write such fictitious and incorrect account of my phone call with the Ukrainian president? Why did the IG, which IG is he referring to? Is he referring to like Atkinson? Who is he referring to? Why did the IG again, which IG is he referring to? Let this happen because, because, because upstreams, because over-collection. Are you getting this? That's the fancy way of saying spying. So why did the IG allow this to happen? Who is the so-called informant? Jif. Who was so inaccurate? A giant scam. Hmm. Over-collection. Over-collection of who you can wiretap and who you can't. Over-collection of taking half-baked conversations from one place to another. And then claiming that, um, you know, it's a fourth, uh, hearsay hearsay probably because of the over collection. I mean, you don't want them to know that, um, we know they're spying. (laughs) I mean, I'm telling you it, but you know, I'm not a blue check mark. So what do they care? Right. So he tweeted out, on the day that I told you that things are coming along with this uh, IG of the NSA, which was two days ago, if you remember, that's the day that they knocked me off of air, if you remember. On October 23rd, knocked right off air, the minute my jingle came, because I had that all set up. And my president tweeted out, it would be really great if the people within the Trump administration, all well-meaning and good, I hope, could stop hiring never Trumpers who were worse than the do nothing Democrats. Nothing good will ever come from them. Now many people took that as you know that Amazon hire by Pence Trump Flynn 2020 by the way, um, and they missed the mark. I guess I wasn't supposed to talk about it on that day. I guess whatever. I was not able to be on air to tell you that, but I did. Toward the end of it and yesterday and today with my really nice article, just kind of putting it out there, putting faces to the name, link it up for you. So that way you have something to reference rather than just my voice, because, you know, I tend to hop from one thing to another. Uh, um, you know, that tends to happen when you're in a monologue, you digress, right? But um, that's the key that what people don't see, to, seem to understand is that. <laughs> He knows exactly what's going on and they've been caught. I mean, don't you find it coincidental that I put out that there is a wiretap and our poor Kellyanne Conway comes under fire? I can tell you why. It's a lot easier for them to over collect George Conway's information. So when he's sitting with his wife or he's around his wife or maybe they share a car, you know, because even your car that's linked up to the internet, you know, they can turn on the speaker and listen. They could turn on your camera and watch you. You know that. You know that. So hearsay conversation, maybe. And who is the one that they can throw under the bus and say, well, he knew and he could sit there until he's blue in the face and say, I didn't know. I would never do that to my wife, no matter how much I hate Trump. This is why Kellyanne Conway was so upset yesterday. What are they setting her up for? Ah, you see, now it's making sense. Let those wheels turn. Let that percolate for a little bit because they have really big insurance policies. But the thing that they didn't bank on is the people. They are so adamant, so scared, so scared of giving power to the people that they will do anything. And they are doing anything they can in their power to limit that they are doing everything in their power to limit that. And it is not, you know, for poops and giggles, right? This is scary, scary stuff. Because again, for those of you that just joined in in the second hour, you hear Hillary Clinton telling them that, which by the way, her hair looked really weird. Either it's a really bad wig or what Kamala Harris is like crying. She looks like a crying vajayjay. It's the most stupidest pony show I've ever seen honoring a man supposedly that was for the people. Listen to the dog whistling. Listen to what they're telling you because you know what? Mm Hmm. Everyone knows what I'm telling. If I'm talking about it, you better know that the administration knows about it. And when I say we're womening, you have to think. How many times did they laugh at you when you referred to Pizzagate? How many times did they laugh at you when you talked about Epstein, Nixium, child trafficking, child rape, human trafficking, fast and furious? How many times? And yet all of those things are true 100%. Think about it. We have a jihadi in the in in the house. Think about it. Now, list, re-listen, because it's important that you re-listen with that in mind. That they have an inspector general that is supposed to be protecting whistleblowers yet under his protection of whistleblowers, all these people were violated by Brennan and Clapper, right? He's supposed to be overseeing all communications that exit the United States that he can detect, of course, right? Because it has to fit the algorithm. I mean, they could do it geographically, but hey, there's ways around that too, right? Just saying. So we have to remember this guy has Every single bit of communication that leaves or moves around in the United States at his hands and he inspects how it is used. And he was in the Ukraine and he has connections with Maria Vonovitch. He was offered a job with Poroshenko and Barack Hussein Obama tried everything to get him implemented in from 2012 when they were passing the act in 2014 to make it a presidentially appointed position. This is is what you need to keep in mind as you listen to Clinton speak.
1: You can do if you are looking for it. You can defend the truth. You can defend democracy. You can lift up others. And toward the end of his life, he said, I am begging the American people to pay attention to what is going on. Because if you want to have a democracy intact for your children, and your children's children, and generations yet unborn, we have got to guard this moment. This is our watch. Our Elijah knew, because he was a man of faith and a man of the church, that life was fleeting And precious. And that's why he worked so hard to make every moment of his life count. When we're dancing with the angels, the question will be asked, he said, in 2019, what did we do to make sure we kept our democracy intact? I will end with the paraphrase of a poem that Elijah recited in his very first speech in the Congress. He said that he told himself this poem as many as 20 times a day. I only have a minute, 60 seconds in it, Forced upon me, I did not choose it, but I know that I must use it. Give account if I abuse it. Suffer if I lose it. Only a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. Thank you, Elijah Cummings, for your work, your service.
0: Huh. What does that tell you? How do you defend their truth, their truth? It's not the truth. It's their truth. How do you defend it? You pull no stops, right? Lindsey Graham made sure to give him some advice. This is how you're going to do it. This is how it's going to happen. This is how we win. Because now that we have General Flynn's case in full speed. And we've got the text. Oh, yes, because POTUS wants to know everything we're doing. They are defending the snake, Barack Hussein Obama. They need to protect his legacy. They need to protect the globalist legacy. Has nothing to do with just DC politics. If you think this is just about controlling the United States, you're not understanding the gravity of the situation and how huge this is. But this is all indicative. You can see how they're backed in the corner like a rat. You know, uh, you know. Um, there was this, <laughs> I don't even remember where I saw this, tons of years ago, There was a guy, no, it was, it was actually an interaction. Oh my gosh. Okay. So there was this jarhead that I, I, I was working with and he loved pointy cowboy boots. Okay. Guys don't wear shorts with pointy cowboy boots ever. And we were at some place and there was, uh, we turned the lights on in the place to walk in and this roach just runs and it goes to the corner of, uh, the room and there he is in his shorts and these pointy cowboy boots and as I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to call home and you know let everyone know I'm good uh, he uses the boot and crushes the cockroach in the corner with the pointy boot and I'm like I hear the crunch from the other side of the room while I'm talking with other people as we're just getting our stuff together and I'm like, that's disgusting. He goes, what? And I was like, you're wearing shorts with pointy boots. He's like, it's my pointy boot, my America that crushed the cockroach in the corner that we put it in when we turned on the lights. This is exactly what is going on right now. The cockroaches are in the corner and we need to get those pointy (laughs) cowboy boots to squish it in the corner. Because this is where they're at and they're going to come swinging. You see that William Barr needs to recuse him. William Barr is suddenly a political tool. Giuliani needs to go down. We need to go after anybody and their mother that's related to President Trump uh, or uh, in any shape or form working with him. We need to do this. Yet fires are going on in California. Organized uh, lights going out in California. No one's reporting that. I mean, this is California. And all we have is... Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish and deaths. I mean, did you guys hear anything about Pelosi's brother? I mean, if it was my brother, when my brother passed away, you could not console me. Oh, my gosh. Yet, Do we hear anything? I mean, what's going on? Right. What is going on? That's what you got to think about. America and pointy cowboy boots that are crushing the roaches as they stand in the corner. I'll see you all right after this break. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So, All right. So I just wanted to tell you guys something. Just so you guys understand how the government works in monitoring people, I may or may not be speaking from a point of reference of actual knowledge. But let's hypothetically say, no, let's factually say, you know, Kathy Griffin, she did that art piece and posted that picture of the severed head, right? Secret Service went to her, questioned her, et cetera, And all these artists and everybody else who was in there was questioned. Guess what happens after Secret Service knocks on your door because you committed a threat that Secret Service does? Okay. They monitor your communications after that. Same thing happened to Eminem. Same thing happened to Snoop. There's tons of people. So think we have eyes and ears all over Hollywood. This is why they suddenly go quiet afterwards. Yeah, they're like, "Oh my God, you ruined that career." Yeah, because nobody can trust you because we watch and hear everything. And you have to wonder, like, are we watching and hearing everything from like Chrissy Teigen or um, Beyonce or um, Robert De Niro or um, speaking of Hollywood? So I've been tweeting out that Haley um, Baldwin is is a a handler. And I want to explain that to you guys. So we all know that there's a group mind think in the way that they operate. Uh, You know, the Democrats operate, the deep state operates. You either group think and we approve you or else we destroy you, right? And this goes in every aspect from your employment to your entertainment, singing industry, consumer products, whatever you have to offer that goes out to the public. If you do not, if you're big enough uh, to cause an impact or a dent in their pockets when it comes to raising funds, they will go after you. So how does this fall in? The National Security Agency has a lot of other agencies that fall under it. So we've got OOSS, we've got CSS, we've got um, the NRO and, um, you know, some other magical entities, let's just say. They monitor all these communications, interactions, and um, they score uh, dependent on impact. So, for example, if you're just one dude that sells, I don't know... Um, Uh, cookies for example like peanut butter and jelly cookies which by the way i haven't been able to find anywhere in the united states except for new seasons market in oregon that are so good but anyway i digress (laughs) again i'm dreaming of peanut butter and jelly cookies um and your peanut butter and jelly cookies are just as good as the ones that I just said that I find from a local vendor that um, takes it into new season market, which is like, you know, uh, upscale whole foods, let's say. Um, and that makes an impact that people throughout the nation will want to flock to you because you do that. Or you make exceptional macarons and people are ordering them from your bakery online because they're so good. That means you have an impact and an influence so when you're in the position of being an influencer um you know uh, even though you're small so you're not even detected they monitor you and how do you know that they monitor you would you say the nsa is looking and all these agencies of course but you can see them monitoring you from what responses they put out to yours. So like if you're making amazing macarons and you're selling them for $50 a box, suddenly you see uh, another bakery that is more, um, I would say uh, more mainstream that will undercut you and sell it for 25. They'll change the price. So, you see that the small players are always attacked by the larger players. Now, what happens when a larger player is in target? Like, let's say William Barr, for example, who everybody wants to impeach, everybody wants to get rid of, and they're like impeach. But how do you impeach William Barr, who you confirmed, who you were happy was coming in? How do you put that through? Think mass attack, right? This is where you motivate your masses, um, in the sense of, you know, attack. Well, let's go higher. How do you attack the president of the United States when you're that cockroach in the corner and you see that corner, that boot coming at you? What do you do? I mean, you can't talk smack about them because they don't care. It's Teflon Don. You don't sit there and make more allegations because people are so congested with BS that they're not even listening anymore. The only ears your BS falls on is the ears that only have receptors for BS that are completely brainwashed. And they're like drooling zombies following along to every word you say. How do you attack it? You know what everybody missed? What Adam Schiff and um, Nadler did yesterday. Totally underreported. The only way you can attack the President of the United States right now, other than your mudslinging and your fake, you know, compromised star witnesses like, you know, Kent, not right? Why don't you bring the IG of the NSA? I'd like to cross again. You know what would be great? If we, the people, could actually go in there and cross-examine these people and ask them specific questions. Obviously, if anyone did their real <laughs> homework, they'd be like, Tori's not allowed. Because she might be uh, talking from a point of reference that we can't talk about where her point of reference comes from. But, uh, you know, think about it. How do you do it? So we know that now there's a permanent ceasefire between Turkey and Syria. That's what Erdogan claims. We just gave the wink to the Kurds. Yo, go take your oil. Build up your community. Let's figure out how we're going to get these border. We're sending our troops down to Iraq. We'll negotiate on border territory. The last frontier is Iran and Turkey. We'll figure it out. How do you throw a wrench into that? Do you pay more ISIS soldiers? You can't because we got eyes everywhere. Do you communicate with people to fund ISIS soldiers for you? You can't. You warmongered and you failed. People were like, nah, man, we don't need to be in that war. Tr- Trump's right. Yeah, I'm totally with him. No uh, uh, uh. No matter how many, you put out these fake chemical attacks, you know, the same chemical attack that happened the last time we tried to pull out of Syria. This time we pulled out and they didn't expect it. And, you know, it came a little bit late with this phosphorus attack and blaming Turkey for it. So how do you throw a wrench into everything the president is doing really quickly. It's pretty simple. You you put a motion forward to destroy the relationship, even though it's just for the sake of getting things, you know, blaséed, I guess, over. Blaséed over, like, you know, not, you know, you pull the Armenian genocide card. So there are many, many reasons why the United States has not acknowledged the Armenian genocide. And it all has to do with politics. You know, we hear a lot of people that are going to tell us, you know, the Armenian genocide, you know, the non-recognition by the United States officially uh, to not uh, recognize it is more so political than anything else. Now, if we were to recognize the Armenian genocide, that would throw a huge wrench into whatever deal we have with Turkey. I do not deny that there is an Armenian genocide. They've done multiple genocides, you know, in fact, throughout the era. The genocide of the Ottoman Armenians that happened between 1915, 1970 by the um, it was called the Young Turk Ottoman Authorities. Was is constantly being questioned by people, okay? They're saying, oh, is it, you know, really, it was just a war and it's a historical event. Now, uh, Armenian communities know that this is a genocide. France uh, uh, agreed to it. Italy, Switzerland, Germany, Sweden, Poland, Canada, and even Russia and, and Venezuela, Argentina, so many. They've officially recognized that that was genocide. And it's not something new, okay? I want you to know that... Um, The Armenian genocide is no different than the Greek genocide. There was a Greek genocide in in between 1400 and 1800. So this is a real thing. But the United States um, doesn't want to put that because it throws foreign policy, you know, a wrench into foreign policy. And we have laws about working with nations that indeed um, have tendin- have um, engaged in genocide, like in acknowledged genocide. So what we have here is that um, Schiff and um, Nadler pull that card. Pull that card that they're going to put forward to recognize the Armenian genocide, which means whatever deal we've cut with Turkey is in jeopardy right now. And what they want to cause is instability in the region to provoke war. Pay attention. This is their strategy. I've seen this movie before. I've already told you how Turkey's going to end. Russia's going to take them out. Russia's going to fix it. And you know why I know this? Because something else people didn't pay attention to is what Russia's been doing in the background. Russia is the most stealthiest of them all so far. The most stealthiest. Did you know that Russia just had their first African kind of, um, uh, what is it, host thing? Yeah, they had 47 African nations uh, come to Moscow and meet with President Putin and his delegations, um, 47 African leaders. And this is an article that I'll be putting out um, this weekend. So it just happened. It was a summit that he held. And he clearly said, you know, I want, you know, I see how Western nations and China, of course, right, come in and they blackmail African governments like you do this and I'll do this and that's the way it's going to go or else I'm not doing it. Putin's like, nah, man, I just want to come and invest. And that's a smart thing to do. It's like, yo, you don't have power here. How about, like I told you, it's the dark continent for a reason. You keep them in the dark, meaning not that they're dark in color. It means that they have no power. If he goes in there and creates a power plant and says, all right, I'm going to build this for free because my country will be making money on royalties anyway and i will relinquish all control to this factory to you but i will in perpetuity my nation get like you know i don't know three percent of all the income you make from generating electricity that's the way you do business and he made it clear that um using methods to try to push influence and dominance over you know African former colonies or countries that were there is a way to pump out maximum profits and to exploit a continent. And that is exactly what they're doing. And so what he reinforced is that he wants to go in there and he doesn't want to blackmail them. He wants them to want him to be there. He said, I I don't have any political or any other conditions. We just need to work together. And that's smart because once the Middle East block, which is where Turkey holds the keys of connecting the continents of Europe and Asia, right, to Africa through the Middle East. Putin wants to build railways, man. And we just heard about Kenya, railway, China, connections. Hello. He's smart. This is how business is going. This is why President Trump is president. And this is why it's really important. I like, I was thinking about it. Who is going to follow in his footsteps? It is not able to happen. Like, you can't get that to happen. How are you going to get it to happen? How are you going to follow in those footsteps of what he did? So all of this is going on in the background. They already know it. They already know that, you know, President Trump's agenda of making this nation great again and creating an indeed, indeed massive uprise in independent economies is what is annihilating this globalist cabal. I mean, think of it, guys. They penetrated the inspector general's office of the National Security Agency. That is the one that holds the keys to the kingdom of all communications. How do you spy on the top spy? That is a question you need to ask yourself when they control the on and off switch. Mm. That's what you need to think about. They control the on and off switch on how you and I communicate and put it through. So they have penetrated that area, that facet of our government. How do you think Schiff has a wiretap or is, let me just make it a little bit more official. How do you think that Adam Schiff obtains over collection from the NSA? I can almost picture Schiff probably listening to me sitting in his desk with that cruddy white stuff at the corner of his mouth because he always has that. Nobody ever points that out you know, really upset. He's also really upset because I kind of made mention this morning on WFYL, you know, obviously the Katie Hill thing, guys, you know, I'm really sad that her naked pictures are out there. Cause you know, if I was her age 32, if I had like, which is like what, n- nine years younger than me, eight, like this chick, right? If I was eight years younger, I'd probably have promiscuous photos somewhere, right? I'm just saying. Not trying to be an angel or anything. I don't think her naked photos out there is a big deal. If you found them, just say that they exist, you know? Don't put it out there. But for me, it was, it was more the hypocrisy of what do you have to hide, Kavanaugh? You have something to hide in your past. Well, you do, obviously. Um, but here's the thing. Everyone is pointing out how this is a violation of congressional rules and conduct, right? But do you know why she was thrown under the bus? It just so happens that she's from California is because there's some stuff coming out on Adam Schiff and his, you know, limp-wristed behavior. So what better way than to have the Ethics Commission review their wording to allow for throuples since, you know, you can identify as a kid, a cow, a pensioner. You know, you can't because I would love to claim that I'm over 65 so I can collect my social security and not have to work. Um, but this is this is what they're doing. This is the plan. It's like I wrote the book, wrote the movie. And one thing that I tweeted out yesterday, which was very important, is now that we know that they have been illegally over collecting communications that may or may not be directly in the White House or indirectly to the White House, et cetera they need to cover their butt. They need to manifest, they need to manifest a whistleblower, which now they're like, oh, it was fourth, fourth, fourth times removed hearsay. Um And what scares me is that we're going to see, and I was talking about this with Scott Adams. I was like, man, they're probably listening to our phone right now because, you know, that's what Robert Stark do. You know, they listen to everything. So what I am worried about, which is very plausible and probable is that they will find some guy or some gal that can satisfy the connections put out in the complaint uh, to some degree that will turn up dead with a full suicide note saying they couldn't bear to be the one that did this and they were under pressure and that they run with it as a valid form of answer. If that happens, they will also even try to pin the suicide on someone within the Trump administration, if not the president. And then you have to think, well, if that's going to happen, you know, um, Hillary Clinton should be on trial for 49 of those. I'm just saying. So that is a concern for me because they know we got it. They know we have it. They know we know. I mean, if I know, they know. That's the way it is. So this weekend is, and if anyone out there within the State Department and anywhere in Alexandria actually tickles themselves to listen to me um, because they're a fan or because we've crossed paths and you're like, damn, I can't believe she's doing that. I'd hide if I was you. I'd like totally hide or be around people like 24-7. Like I'd go have a slumber party. I don't care what age you are with people, compl- <laughs> like constantly until this comes to fruition. Because I know that they're trying to set it up to make it look as such, but they're also covering their butts on trying to move the narrative as to being that, you know, hateful husband of the president, blah, 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 uh, you know, right-hand person. And I really have good faith. And as a wife of, you know, a man and Kellyanne being a wife of a man uh, that are completely different in regards to dynamic and work ethic and, and, and spunkness, let's say, right? I completely understand how violated she feels and how she would feel very betrayed. Because again, listening to the audio... She was panicking, and I think that everyone is kind of mulling the idea that something is coming from that end and is getting to her. And by no, in 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 any reality in any timeline, Kellyanne Conway is not a traitor. She loves this country more than anything, and she really loves our president. And she has trust in her husband, husband of four kids guys. Okay. So she has trust in that. And that is what being human is. And I believe that that trust, and I hope that trust, um, is honored on his end and that indeed he is a non-compliant actor. Um, because you know, they own the NSA guys. And think about it. Horowitz is a Barack Hussein Obama handover. And his counterpart in the super intelligence community is also an Obama, Barack Hussein Obama handover. They used to work with Horowitz. Just saying. So nobody can really even trust the OIG. I'm putting it out there because that's the way it is. So, um it's important that we recognize that. Okay. It is important that we recognize that this is uncharted territory for us. I mean, you would never expect it to be like this. They're trying to annihilate peace in the Middle East for the sake of, you know, talking points and distractions. They're spying on everybody and their mother through over collection accidentally. They're trying to create narratives that don't stick mm. and they're bringing in witnesses that we know are compromised. This is what the Democrats are doing. They don't care about the United States. they don't care about innocent people in uh you know in Syria and and the Kurds if they did, they wouldn't be pulling out, oh, let's you know do the whole Armenian genocide thing. They would never do that because it would cause. A wide-scale war. But you know, as history indicates, the corrupter creatures are comfort. They are they're one trick pony. They say this is the way it goes all the time. They've been using the same methods again and again and again. And this card. On the lives, innocent lives, and we're going to be here remembering this because they're pushing this. Innocent lives of the Kurds that they supposedly stand with, they're the ones doing it. Pretty interesting. And you know what's really interesting? What's really, really interesting? That the president is going to be in South Carolina today. Oh, Lindsey Graham. Oh, Lindsey Graham. Now that it's been announced that there's a criminal investigation, you guys heard Clapper, right? He sounded really, really nervous, didn't he? Uh, I might actually be, you know, listen to him. And, Hold on, let me play that again.
3: Oversaw the launch of the Russian investigation. What do you make of this?
4: Well, actually, know, uh, yeah, I'm very cur- curious. It's presumably, I, I, I guess I'm one of those uh, under investigation. And I. I hey, and you I was, just heard about this. Yes, I uh, just, uh, uh, you know, read the clip on, uh, about 20 minutes ago. Um, I found the, t- the timing interesting, uh, given the, uh, increasing heat uh, around the impeachment inquiry. And so, uh, it, it, uh, the timing's interesting. I'll just let it go at that. And the other thing I, I wonder about is whether we're talking about the overall uh, investigation of the Russian Reporting on the Russian uh, interference, uh, or are we talking about the counterintelligence investigation that was launched in July by the, by the FBI about potential uh, in, engagement and collusion, whatever you want to call it, between the Russians and, and the Trump campaign? So, I,
3: do you think? What, I'm what very you think curious is? about
4: what, what is the alleged criminal activity that uh, prompted this.
3: Do you have any idea, even I mean, what they might think may rise to the level of a criminal offense?
4: No, I don't. Uh, that's uh, 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 obviously an item of great interest to me. Uh, what, what is it that any of us did that uh, r- would rise the level of a, a criminal infraction? And I, I, I just don't know.
0: Okay, I'm going to tell you one, and you're going to remember this. And this won't be coming up too much, but what if I told you that uh, one of the criminal issues that we're going to have is the um, cooperation with the mainstream media and the weaponization of distributing reports. That's one clappers in a lot of trouble and you know what i liked that he said well i didn't know yeah because you don't know about the grand juries because we had mccabe remember try to issue and bully us to tell him hey is there a grand jury because he must have found out that there's a grand jury but you know clapper brennan and all those clowns probably listen they need to listen and i know that owen loves me and owen is probably listening um he's got three of them over his head i'm telling you that fact fact there's three different ones now They all lead back to President Barack Hussein Obama, which I said was going to be impeached. And I'm so glad that I got Judicial Watch claiming the same so he can't that he can be impeached. I'm telling you, he is being impeached. They are protecting Obama because Obama is the last frontier. He was the last representative of them. And the who's them will come out just as soon as we find out. You know why the Mars landscape is not looking as red as it used to. I mean, you could just Google that over the weekend. So on that note, have yourself a wonderful weekend. Keep your eye out on loomerd.com. We changed it from lauraloomer.us to loomerd.com where this will be detailed for your reference. From all of us here, Red State Talk Radio, God bless. Have a fabulous weekend.